I've had to realize over the last couple of years, and, and if you're a serious business owner and you want to get somewhere, money is not important. We stand today. The Business Method with a shadow. The Business Method. The Business Method Podcast. The Business Method Podcast featuring Chris Reynolds. Entrepreneurs, systems, methods, tools, and tactics for location independence. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of all ages, welcome to the Business Method Podcast, where we examine the different methods, tools, and tactics of high-performance online entrepreneurs and high-caliber people in a series format. Our first series, we interviewed 100 entrepreneurs in 100 days that had built businesses creating $100,000 or more annually. On our second series, we are interviewing 100 entrepreneurs that have built location-independent businesses that generate a million dollars or more in annual revenue. There's a growing movement of people building these caliber of businesses and we wanted to get behind the minds, the logic, and the science of what it takes to build a business like this. We've had some incredible guests like Bobby Edwards, the founder of Squatty Potty, who built a $35 million per year company with just 17 employees, and JP Sears, the YouTube superstar whose videos are going viral all over the internet. I'm your host, Chris Reynolds, and we hope you enjoy the show. The Business Method. Many of us entrepreneurs have years of struggle before we finally hit our tipping points and money starts to flow in easily. This This gestation period is really what stops many people from starting a business, and it can be some of the hardest times in a person's life. Today's guest is Rory Stern, and we talk about the years that Rory struggled while being a husband and father to hit his tipping point, and then how he handled business, family, and life after this change. Rory is the founder of RFS Digital Media, and in the past 18 months has an experience an incredible amount of business and revenue growth that we share with you on the podcast. Stay tuned for a fun and exciting episode. Entrepreneurs, systems, methods, tools, and tactics for location independence. Welcome, Rory, to the podcast. How are you today? Oh, uh, I'm doing wonderful, man. It's a, it's a beautiful, sunny morning here in Florida, even if it's a little crisp. Um, really excited to be here. And you and I were connected with a mutual friend, Brad Hart, who had been on the show. And one of the things I love about doing podcasts is that if we need people for the show, it's really easy to kind of reach out and get amazing entrepreneurs that you've never, never would have connected with. And so a friend of ours, he posted on his Facebook wall to see if there's anybody that were, that was interested in coming on our show. And Rory responded and said, now you're on the show. So I, I want to say welcome. I'm honored to have you for a couple of reasons. I just love meeting amazing entrepreneurs. And I was getting a bit of your backstory about your agency that you've built. And I'm, I'm very impressed of, on what you've done. So welcome to the show, my friend. We're glad to have you. Thank you, thank you. It's uh, it's been great getting to know you as well, and I, I share that that you know enjoyment, if you will, or that fulfillment of getting to meet, um, you know, great people doing great things that otherwise you wouldn't. So it's it's really cool to connect, and honestly, uh, just great to be here and have an opportunity to talk and hopefully share some things um, with other people. I think backstories are incredible because you don't get to hear a lot of them. So we're going to jump into the show, Rory, and I want to hear about your story. Let's tell the listeners kind of how you got your start. I think it was really interesting. So let's just give you the mic and we'll, we'll roll with it for a bit. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. So I'll, I'll give you a little bit more of the backstory um, now that we're, we're live on the air, if you will. And that is, so I'm the youngest of three kids. Um, my, my siblings are eight and nine years older than me. 
Um, so, so the context of that really is I come from a family of entrepreneurs. Uh, you might call me third generation entrepreneur and I am the epitome of the poor dad generation and the poor dad mindset from Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which, oh, yeah. was, the book, which was the book that I actually read in graduate school that, yeah. that changed everything for me. Um, so being the youngest, um, I was pretty much encouraged at the time, you know, go get a job, go to grad school, become a professional, make money, and live the good life as a respected professional. And I guess it was in combination through that. I didn't really realize it, but I just, I just hated everything about, you know, about business. Um, I've never really spent a lot of time lately reflecting on, you know, what was it that I hated about business, especially when I, when I look at it now and I go, man, being in business, being a business owner is awesome. Like the freedom, everything you get from it, it is great. But you know, again, we'll just go with the fact that, you know, my family steered me into the professional life. So I did that. I went to undergrad. I knew I was going to go to graduate school. I was actually um, pre-med in up until early sophomore year and then changed to psychology. It was at that moment I realized I didn't want to be a doctor, a medical doctor. I didn't want to be a psychiatrist. I wanted to get in the, in, involved in the world of psychology. And, and this may be helpful to share with people as I'm thinking about all this. It was, I was sitting in our organic chemistry when this aha moment occurred and the professor was about to hand back our first exams. So the professor is going to hand out the tests and, and he's, you know, in front of the lecture room and he's up on the whiteboard and he's drawing a molecule and basically setting the tone for these exams were horrible. <laughs> you guys, <laughs> there are only a small handful that really, really got it. And as he's talking with this molecule, he all of a sudden takes this, you know, just huge reach with his arm and wipes off a couple carbons and hydrogens from the molecule drawing on the board and goes, here's the thing. If your mind doesn't immediately start to think, how did the, how did the molecule change? What's happening to the properties of the molecule? What, what, what effect does it have on this, that, and the other thing? You don't belong in this room and you shouldn't be taking this course. Wow. And I was floored because in that moment, I realized that's what I did with psychology. Anytime I was in a class of psychology where someone was talking about a well-known model, mm -hmm. I would immediately start thinking, well, what about this and what about that? And it was like my mind just naturally went down that path. I didn't, I didn't have to train myself that way. I naturally went that way. And, and, and this is really cool because I'm having some parallels about some of the stuff we talked about pre-show um, that probably maps out a little bit of my success of where I am today. So that was a pretty pivotal moment. Eventually ended up in graduate school for a doctorate in clinical psychology. And still at this time, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go out. I'm going to start a practice. I'm going to make six figures. I'm going to have a great life. And I, I quickly realized that um, you know, the medical world, the insurance world was changing in uh you know the the early to mid 2000s mm -hmm. right insurance wasn't reimbursing the way that it used to be uh people weren't really making the good life anymore unless you were a practice owner unless you started a business unless you ran a hospital you know all the it was all business owners and i, I think it was you know I, so i started to get bit by the bug and i was like because I, I have pretty lofty goals and expectations or or wants and desires if you will mm -hmm. like I, I love fancy cars i love living the high life 
Um, had a very, very blessed childhood with a best friend whose family were millionaires. And I got to go everywhere and do everything. Um, just to give you a, a, a hint, like got driven around by my best friend's family in limousines and Mercedes Benzes. And it was just awesome. Yeah. So I, I got bit by that kind of lifestyle and I've always wanted it. So that's when it started to happen in graduate school. I started to go, all right, business owner, business owner. But I don't know anything about business. How am I going to get there? Uh, eventually in my last year read rich, rich dad, poor dad, which changed everything. I realized, you know, there was that, you know, what is it? The four quadrants that you've got. And I knew I needed to get to where I was going, but I still didn't have a plan or a path. Uh, then something pretty magical happened. And this is where the story for you and I started, uh, talking is that 2006, I graduated with a doctorate in clinical psychology I'm living outside of Boston, Massachusetts. My wife is a teacher, uh, just about to make tenure. So that means, you know, she had summers and school vacations off. She had a pretty good salary um, and the amazing, amazing healthcare benefits, like the very best to this day of my entire life. And my first job offer was 15K. And as I was telling you, you know, it would have cost me about 30 to put my kid in childcare and have someone else raise her. Mm-hmm. And we weren't, we weren't cool with that. We were not cool with that. So I became a stay-at-home dad. Um, very, very difficult for me. You know, it was a joke for a while that I was going to be a stay-at-home dad. You know, here I am, a doctor of psychology, and I'm a stay-at-home dad. <laughs> and and I, faced, I faced two pretty big struggles. Uh, one, I wasn't wired to be a stay-at-home dad, right? Like, put gender stereotypes aside. I, I just wasn't wired to, to let go of my aspirations that I'd spent, you know, 24 years, 25 years building of you're going to go out, you're going to do great things, you're going to change the world. And that was really hard for me. So I got on somebody's list and eventually I broke down and I joined this thousand dollar coaching program that basically was like, you know, we're going to teach you how to build a a platform and and an info product and and start making money on the internet. And I was like, well, this is perfect. Like I've got the credentials. I've got a big enough mouth. um, I'm pretty strongly opinionated and I have a unique vantage point on a certain area of mental health that there's a starving need. And I went out and started doing it. And what I realized was, you know, being a student my whole life, I was really good at following tasks, getting things done and doing a good job. So I I learned how to do the tech. You know, you need a blog, great, go out, install WordPress, get it set up, start writing content. I became very prolific at content. Uh, Didn't know much about copywriting, but knew how to write from the heart, know how to write conversationally, speak conversationally. So eventually I started pulling all these pieces together. Well, I became very, very prolific at understanding how to make the tech and the marketing all work together. And while I couldn't really monetize my own stuff, I mean, I did, I did all right, but nothing, you know, nothing where I could, you know, quit jobs and, and, and lit, you know, build the good life and travel the world. Uh, what did happen is I had a lot of friends in the industry who started taking notice of what I was able to do. Um, it got to be on the inside and behind the scenes of some seven-figure launches, and it was just astounding. Um, I really thought they had some X factor that, that was missing for me. Oh, there's something that they can do that I can't. And I think, in hindsight, I'm able to say it, that really held me back. But still had a pretty good go of it, you know, eight, eight and a half years of being a hired gun, working behind the scenes, making ends meet, um, but not really knowing where I wanted to go. Uh, about a year and a half ago, after some unexpected events, uh, found myself out of work completely. I had just sold out my shares or my stake in an e-commerce company and I needed to make money. 
ended up starting to run some Facebook ads for some people that I, you know, was something I learned to do very, very well. Uh, got some really good results. Uh, word of mouth started happening. You know, at this point, even today, I'm still pretty much a referral-only business. Man, the last 16 months, 18 months, I have just been blessed. It has been a grease shoot. One of those things where you know you you deliver great value and you'll make good money and people will talk about you. And that's where we are. So I, I run a very very successful traffic agency, and I, that's the easiest way to describe what we do. You know, we we work with you know, info product owners, small businesses, mid-sized businesses to really increase their lead flow. Rory, you talked about this long period of growth and struggle that you had until basically in the past 18 months or so have really hit. Oh, I think you actually said what you called the gateway to heaven. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, it, and so I'm curious, like, what were what kept you motivated during that time? Because I could I could imagine, especially coming out of doctorate school and being a stay at home dad, you know, doing these different ventures that you were getting into, I can imagine that was really hard to keep going and going and going. So I'm curious, like, what what are some of the things, or even if you have some resources, or anything that kept you motivated and kept you going? You know, um, it's a, it's a really great question, a great observation. So it actually wasn't that hard to stay motivated uh, because I think, you know, I had a very, very clear and, and this is stuff you hear all the time, but, uh, but I, and I will get deeper on it, but I had a very clear and strong why. You know, I'm, I'm at, at this point in my life, I've got three kids, my oldest who I started out my life with, you know, stay at home dad, she's now 12. My, my son is 10 and our, our youngest uh, just turned seven in November. And they're my why. They're my reason for living was my wife and my three kids to provide for them. So there wasn't really ever, you know, uh, uh, there was never really a lack of motivation. Um, you know, I, I certainly struggled a lot with uh, self-doubt, uh, uh, you know, bouts of depression um, definitely lots of times where I thought about giving up, but I just, I didn't have a choice, right? It was like, what else am I going to do? Uh, I spent a couple years figuring out, you know, do I, do I try to go actually become a psychologist? Do I go back and get my license? Uh, actually at one point after we moved to Florida, ended up taking a job as a police dispatcher to keep the lights on while working on my dream. It was just something that it, it just wasn't an option. So I I, I, it, I I don't know if it's if it's sexy, Chris, but like I just had a really powerful, compelling why, and I'm a stubborn, stubborn bastard. Like there was just no giving up. I knew that I had a bigger calling. I knew that I could make it work, and I, I just was willing to do whatever it took to make it happen. I can relate to being pretty stubborn. It sometimes, but <laughs> I think a lot of entrepreneurs are having a doctorate in in psychology. How did it help you out with being an entrepreneur? Are there any ways in particular that it really helped more than others? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I guess in a, a certain extent, like, I have a very unfair advantage in the world. Uh, and and that, that has to do with sort of what I said earlier about I have a very unique perspective or very unique take on, on certain mental health issues. Psychology, you know, a lot of people think of psychology, you know, you think of shrinks, you think about self-help. Uh, for me, psychology is so much more than that. Psychology is like it, it's an unfair 
advantage. It's it's a way to really deeply at at a core level understand human behavior and desire. And if you look at that for what psychology is, not mental illness, not diagnosing people, not treating people, but how do you understand human desire, human behavior, human interaction at a very, very, very deep level? That's that's what psychology is for me. So it, it gave me a very unfair advantage. And, and I guess I could also say if we're keeping with the theme is like, as I said earlier about the organic chemistry story, like psychology and this this type of you know, understanding human behavior at its core has always been a natural uh, thing for me. It, it was just, it was there. And, and going to graduate school really just sharpened that, 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 that axe, if you will. It gave me a little bit more confidence that, yes, I actually know what I'm talking about. It's not just a feeling inside, but it's, it's, it's studying the literature. It's reading the research studies. It's applying it. It's, it's actually practicing therapy um, or, or, or psychology, because that was the other thing about my program is, you know, your traditional PhD, you, you focus on research. And if you're going to go out into the clinical world and work with people, you start after you have your license. My program is, is a PsyD, doctor of psychology, not doctor of philosophy. And with a doctor of psychology, you're actually doing clinical practice work at the same time that you're learning. So what you learn, you apply, right? That, that, that's my secret, man, is I just understand people at their core. So does it, you know, where, where does that apply out? Well, I mean, understanding how to write copy and getting people to, to do things, it, it gives me a certain perspective, um, understanding relationships and, and how to form very strong, deep relationships with people very quickly, um, unfair advantage and, and something that, you know, again, a, a core strength of mine uh, that's allowed me to be successful, especially in the last year and a half now that I embrace it, is, is I know how to read people very quickly. And, you know, if I, if I give people a, a tip that's related to it as an example, so a lot of people are always paying attention to, well, what do people say, right? What are you and I talking about right now? That, that's the surface. And when you say that's what most people pay attention to, yeah, yeah, here, yeah, I'm putting, here, here, I'm put, here I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah. Well, for, for, for me... I care less about pe what people say, and I care more about what people do, don't do, and don't say. That that's more of a precedence to me. Yeah, is I want to know like, I, I, it's almost like I, I I like you know everybody says well actions speak louder than words. Great. So right there's the piece of look at what people do rather than what they say. Yeah. But I go one step further to. I'm paying attention to what people don't say. Right. That's where you get into the BS, right? If somebody's saying, oh, well, you know, I'm a multimillionaire and I generate seven figures. It's like, great, you're saying that. But what you're not saying is how much profit do you make? Or, you know, how much profit is there in your business? All these people, you know, oh, I did a, I did a $5 million launch. That's awesome. In the launch method, you're relying on affiliates. Yeah. Most of the time, that's 50% affiliate commission so your $5 million launch is now down to $2.5 million at best. Still fantastic. But we also know that there are hard costs. There's this, that, the other thing. And a lot of these launches end up, people are lucky to clear a couple hundred thousand dollars in their pocket, but people don't talk about that. So that, I guess, does that answer your question? I could talk about that forever, but. Absolutely, because I've done a lot of sales training and I've noticed like so many similarities between 
you have to understand human psychology if you're going to be good in sales. And you've got to do exactly, you've got to learn exactly what you just said, what people do, what people don't do, their behavior, their body language, and how to read people. So I think it's amazing just really connecting with people and, and what you can learn with psychology because it's a it's an incredible knowledge and power to have if you if you know even a, a little bit about it. So that's why I wanted to ask you, and to piggyback on that, you're absolutely right because you know what I love is forums or events or entrepreneurs that are raw about their you know financial numbers, their profits, their losses, their hardships, all this. Like it's a beautiful thing, and there's this taboo out there in the world where we don't talk about our finances, which is silly, yep. <laughs> and. Yeah. Yep. And how are we ever going to learn if we can't talk about one of the things that affects us most in life? It's like t not talking about sex. Like how are we ever going to learn yep. about it? Right. And, yeah. um, and it's very healthy. This is one of the reasons that we do like to talk about, you know, numbers and, and how people do what they do on a podcast because there's not enough of it in the world really. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. And I, and I, I love that. It's funny. As you said that I sort of had this flashbulb moment, like I grew up in a house where, you know, we, we're, we're, you know, my, my, my core family where I came from, you know, definitely middle class, white suburban um, community outside of Western New York. And, you know, I, I thought my parents were multimillionaires hiding it. Ah. They were really they were really good with their money. Um, yeah. and, and, and I've come to find out since then that they're they're the millionaire next door. Like they've got money tucked away. They've got money invested in real estate, but yet they're still very poor because they pinch their pennies, which, mm. hey, God bless them. It, it worked for them. It's never worked for me. They know every, they know where every single dime goes. But the, to circle back to this conversation, it's like, well, mom, how much did this cost? None of your business. Well, mm. What do you mean none of my business? How, how am I going to learn about the world if you're not going to tell me about what things cost? Um, so, yeah, man, I, like, I, I tell my kids all the time. My kids know the state of my business. My, it's funny. My kids run around and they're like, daddy has this much money in his bank account. I'm like, all right, calm down. Just because it's in the bank account doesn't mean that that's actually mine and doesn't mean that we can go do this and go do that. And, yeah. you know, we, we are very blessed. Like they know, um, you know, we, we do, we, we tend to do some extravagant things and, and, and they know what it costs. I, I try to keep them a little bit grounded, a little bit centered. Uh, you know, I want to build in that appreciation uh, for, for what we do. Um, and for whatever reason, this, this thing's coming to me, Chris, that, you know, my we, we struggled for so long uh, financially that my wife, who handled all the bills for so long, almost has like PTSD about money. <laughs> we're, we're, six, we're six months into my business and, you know, we're, we're bringing in, you know, 20, 30 grand a month in, in revenue. And uh, I'm excited to talk about numbers because I, I don't like up until this year numbers haven't been a huge focus in terms of my PL. Mm -hmm. and i'll explain that if you want but like we had money we had, we had money to pretty much do a lot of things that we hadn't been able to do in the past and my wife would still be like oh i don't know if we can afford this and i don't know if i can afford that i'm like what are you trying to spend 20 bucks 30 and i'm like listen i'm like you gotta stop this crap <laughs> i'm like i work way too damn hard way too hard to have this conversation with you every time mm-hmm like I, I love and appreciate people who want to watch their money and be careful. You know, like there, there is definite value in doing that. But I, I think in, in, in terms of 
you know, knowing your numbers and and really appreciating it and being in a in a prosper prosperous and abundance mindset mentality, um, there's also that level of I work damn hard, right? And I'm going to reward myself because otherwise, what's the point? Right. That's what. So sorry. That's a, it's a little tangent that just popped in my head, but I thought would be um, worth sharing. I think it's very important because we bring these emotions from our past and habits uh, when people start to make money, and they really affect us. and And it's hard to change those habits, right? I remember a story of a speaker who, when he had his first two hundred fifty thousand dollar month. He said he went to the grocery store, and this was his first, you know, huge month he'd ever had. He went to the grocery store, and he saw the price of grapes, and the price of grapes were high. And he said, oh, God, grapes are so expensive. What's wrong with the world today? And then he thought to himself, oh, I made $250,000 this month. I'm buying all the grapes. So he bought all the grapes that they had in the grocery store, like put them all. And he said, you know, I'm not going to do that to myself again. But but we do that. And it's 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 a challenge because we learn this from childhood. And, Dude, that, yeah. that is so that is so funny. We um, so my my favorite cereal uh-huh. in the entire world, in case anyone's taking notes, is Golden Grams. OK, it has been that way since I'm a young kid. Mm hmm. And my wife, not even like three weeks ago, went to the grocery store and I'm like, did you buy a box of Golden Grams for me? No. I go, well, why not? Did you forget? She goes, no, they're $5 now. (laughs) And I'm like, so? And she's like, well, that's outrageous for a box of cereal. Like, that's just, that's ridiculous. Yeah. And it's funny. It's, it's 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 an interesting contrast because going back to my parents, you know, my parents will spend two hours to save $15. Yeah. You know, if, if they get overcharged $5 on a credit card bill, you better believe they're calling the credit card company sitting on hold, yeah. arguing with customer support, requesting a manager all over the principle of it. Well, it's the principle of it. Mm-hmm. And, and again, no disrespect to my parents. They've, they've made a great life about that. But, you know, I've had to realize over the last couple of years, and, and if, you're, if you're a seven-figure entrepreneur, like if you're a serious business owner and you want to get somewhere, money is not important. Mm. There's, there's plenty of it everywhere. Yeah. It's time. And I will, like, I will not. Like, I mean, the other day I, I placed an order online, a bunch of T-shirts. Um, I think I, I, I dropped like $87. And uh, I remember, you know, entering my name and email for a coupon code. And I was so excited to get these shirts. And I was like, cool, I'm going to save 20 bucks. And I checked out. And after I checked out, I was like, damn, I don't remember putting the code in. I hope they auto applied it. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I looked. And, and normally I wouldn't do this. I just I happen to be waiting in the in the pickup line for, for my kids at school. And I go, damn, I, I didn't apply that coupon. That's uh. Well, 10% of eight, 87 is 870, so 20% is – so I'm looking around like 1725. I'm like, do I, do I email customer? And I was like, stop. I'm like, stop. <laughs> like this is just not worth my time. When did that start to change from for you? Was that mentality changing before the previous 18 months when you started the agency or did it has it just happened recently? It, it's definitely happened within the 18 months. Okay. Yeah, it's, it, it definitely it didn't happen before the agency. Like, 
starting my agency, I'd say, or, or even if you just forget that it's an agency and just, you know, my, my, my business, my company right now, if you look at it, the first six months, even though we doubled business every month, I still had a lot of self-doubt. I still had a lot of bad habits and limiting beliefs that were plaguing me every single day. It wasn't until, you know, call it, you know, that, that last year window where I really started to own what I was doing and who I was becoming and having these sort of breakthrough moments and these clarity moments uh, as we picked up momentum and I just became more confident in my, in my, in my zone. And, and I think like, you know, it's a good, it's a good chance to say like, you know, people, most people value money. And then, you know, there, there's the fortunate part of the world who realize, uh, you know, time is more precious than money. And back in October, I was preparing a, my, my slides for a presentation I gave at a marketing event. And I, I went like one leap further looking at, you know, the, reflecting over the last year. And it's like mindset to me is even more important than time and money. So that, that's sort of where all that kind of came out of. And yeah, I, and I think also the, the real exercise here, Chris, is I started down that path of being able to say, oh, it's, it's 17 bucks. It's not worth my time to, to go and issue a, an email and, and talk to customer support when I looked at, you know, what's my hourly rate right now? You know, it, it, my, my, my time is about $1,000 an hour if I break out everything that I do. Mm -hmm. And I have to look at it and go, is my time worth the ROI? Right. And it, if it's not, I don't care. Yeah. So um, so you're better off not putting in that coupon code and calling back yeah. customer service. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, had, had I put the, the coupon code in in the checkout process, awesome. I'm not saying, oh, F the coupon. Right. right. I, am happy, I, am, I am happy to save money any place that I can. But it's the after effect. Like I'll give you another. I'll give you another example that I think is is pretty important for for people to understand the big takeaway. Um, so we, we've got three kids. We're we're very very busy. My wife and I. And Tuesdays, uh, my kids get home at three fifteen. My youngest starts dance at four fifteen, and it takes about twenty twenty five minutes with traffic to get there. Mm -hmm. And I was, you know, last couple of weeks have been pretty stressful, and. I, I messaged our babysitter and said, hey, are, are you available uh, to take Reagan, that's my youngest daughter, to, to dance from 4.15 to 6? And she's like, absolutely. And I'm like, great. So my wife texts me about an hour, two hours later. I'm feeling such great relief. And my wife texts me and she's like, um, I think I'm going to be home in time to take Reagan to dance. I, I feel like you could use the afternoon to do some more work. And I was like, oh, I've taken care of it. What do you mean? Oh, I, you know, I asked Alexis if she could, what do you mean? Why are you paying a babysitter when I'm going to be home and going on and on and on? And I'm like, honey, I'm like, all right, number one, you need to stop right now. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I reached out to the babysitter to take the kids to school, to reduce or to, to dance, to reduce my stress. <laughs> this conversation that you and I are having is now tripling my stress. <laughs> and, 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 it, and, it, and it, you know, again, sidebar, it's like, you know, people always say, well, why do Mark Zuckerberg, why does Steve Jobs wear the same thing every day? One less decision they have to make. Yeah. Well, for yeah. me, like I've made the decision, the babysitter's going to take her 
And, 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 you know, this goes to psychology. So number one, my wife's like, well, I'm going to be home. I could have done it. Number two, I'm a mom. I'm a wife. These are my kids. It's my job to do this. And at the end of the night, we were, we were talking about it. So now we're hours removed from the situation. And she's like, yeah, I paid Alexis 20 bucks for two hours. And I stopped her. I go, I'm sorry, what? She goes, I paid her 20 bucks. Oh, I get it now. And like she realized in that moment that that $20 to pay the babysitter to go so that I could have peace of mind and she didn't have to rush home, this, that, and the other thing was money well spent. And it, it was a pretty powerful aha for her because, you know, what, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, when you're, when you're running a business and trying to build a life, even if you do nothing, Chris, even if you walk to the beach, like what would you pay to have one hour uninterrupted at the beach as part of your life? It's not all about am I making that kind of money during my you know during every hour of the day. It's literally is is that twenty bucks worth my sanity to do what I want? And it's just like a massage too. You know what do you pay for a massage? A great massage, a hundred bucks for one hour of an interrupted peace of mind. You yeah, know, same thing. So so again, I'll, I'll I'll look like I'm making connections in my head, which is weird today. Maybe I'm having too much coffee. <laughs> But it, but it's it's one of those things. It's that it's that ROI mechanism. Like what what like that that self care. You're damn right. I'm going to pay a hundred dollars to go get a massage because that's recharging my batteries. That's me time. That's the life I've built. That's the life I lead. Mm-hmm. That's the freedom. Before you go, I want to talk about your company just a bit. Yeah. And yeah. I want to ask you. You know, you're running a, an agency now. And you've been for 18 months. Your first year, you did a million. And your second year, you're targeted. This year, you're targeted to hit four million. Um, what do you think was the, the catalyst for for that rapid growth and success for you? <laughs> There's a lot of things. Um, and if I have to boil it down to one thing, I can map the growth of my company directly to the hiring and working and increased working with my business coach. Mm. Uh, that has been the one instrumental thing every, so I started with a business coach. Oh gosh. Um, I want to say like June or July of 2016. And I was probably stuck with him for about two to three months, really pissed off and angry about my current partnership. Mm-hmm. Uh, and finally one day, Like I just realized, you know, having no income outside of this company, it just didn't matter anymore. And I finally pulled the trigger and left and we started working on building my company. And the more we focused on building the company, the more we focused on building my mindset, restoring my confidence, getting, and I guess one of the biggest takeaways, it's up on my whiteboard. Um, One thing we worked on a lot was celebrating my wins. Uh, I was, I was, I was, and I should say it actually on my whiteboard says celebrate all wins, especially the small ones. And I never really celebrated wins, uh, even getting my doctorate, you know, uh, we were at a party at my, my in-laws house and my father-in-law's best friend was like, you know, wow, Rory, you know, 20, I think I was like 24, you're 24 years old. You you get your doctorate. Like what a great accomplishment. You, you must be you know, really, really proud. And I looked at him, I go, no, not really. I've always known I was going to get it. (laughs) 
and you know that 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 spoke to my character like i did i always knew i was going to become a doctor mm -hmm. i mean just you know i spent my whole life working towards it but i never appreciated it so you know we started really working on my mindset and 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 building that up and celebrating wins and and having confidence and the more i worked with him the more i focused on myself the the better the 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 company got uh, the more vulnerable I allowed myself to get in terms of the self-doubt, the comparing myself to others, uh, you know, tearing down all the people I, you know, my mentors that I'd put up on pedestals. Uh, and, and then again, that trajectory has to go to, you know, um, not just working with my business coach, but then hiring a mentor. Uh, February of 17, uh, I hired a mentor to take my agency from where it was doing, you know, 20 grand a month to a seven figure company. Like that was the job. That was the, the mentorship. And I, I spent the most money I'd ever spent in my entire life on anything. Mm -hmm. I had paid somebody 70 grand. And in return, they were promising to give me a seven figure business. That was a fair trade off, but I didn't have that 70 grand. So I guess, it, it, you know, again, I'm, I'm, I'm giving examples, but also boiling it down to Working with my coach, investing in myself, investing in myself, investing in myself, investing in myself. Um, and then it also became down to, like when I say investing in myself, that also now comes down to investing in my clients by investing in building a team and an infrastructure and, and getting bigger and bigger and allowing myself to be to playing at a bigger level. Um, that's what it was for me. It really all boiled down to mindset and having the confidence to do it. If you want to give some tips to the listeners out there on how to build a, a seven-figure location independent business or or um, just any suggestions or thoughts for people that are in the hustle, they're at the five figures, wanting to get to six figures, six figures, wanting to get to seven figures, what would you say to them? Um, number one, get your mindset right. Get very, you know, you you've got to you've got to develop very thick skin, and you've got to believe in yourself. Um, and 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 there's no, my opinion, you know, even 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 having this deep background in psychology, there, there's no there's no seminar, there's no book, there's no guru, there's no magical three day weekend with Harbecker or Tony Robbins <laughs> that 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 is going to instill this in you the, the level of confidence that you need. Confidence to me is built through reinforcement of action and results or lack thereof. I like that. Um, you know, it, it's taken me a year and a half to get to the point where literally a bomb will fall in my lap with my business. Case in point, I was looking at bringing two partners into my company. We'd, we'd start structuring the paperwork. We were breaking up the, the responsibilities in the company. And out of nowhere, with no sign, no indication – it came crumbling down. And I was just like, huh, this is interesting. You know, two, three years ago, I probably would have had a crisis of faith and been like, oh my God, the sky's falling. <laughs> and and you, you can't operate in business on emotion. Right. Because, you know, and, and I'll admit, like, I'm not impervious to emotion. I, I, was, I was paralyzed. I, I was in shock for two weeks. Like, what the hell just happened? Where's my business going? Um, but, but you have to develop that confidence and that strength and it takes time. So fail fast, fail forward, fail often. Um, I tell my team all the time, I don't care, you know, I don't like mistakes happening, but you know, mistakes is, is how we learn. 
and how we know whether a mistake is acceptable or not is can we learn from the mistake we've made? Mm, good point. So when, so when my business partners fell out, you know, when the, when the falling out happened a couple weeks ago and I was taken by shock, I was like, all right, what, what can I learn from this? Where's the lesson? How do I move forward from this? And, and even while dealing with the shock, I was still able to pretty much keep my cool and go, well, there's the lesson here and here's the lesson here and here's this and here's that um, and, and moving forward. So you really, you really have to you know, focus on your mindset, in my opinion. Um, I also think a, a big thing is building a team. You know, making that first hire as soon as you can. Uh, a lot of people get caught up with, well, you know, should I hire a $5 an hour VA, a $20 an hour VA? And everybody says, well, you know, you get what you pay for. Screw that. You, you do get what you pay for, but you need a more practical reason for it, right? Because when you're starting out, when you're slim, and even when you are growing, like even at seven figures, there are times where I have to look at my numbers and go, yeah, I got to cut here because you know, we've spent a lot, we've invested a lot, profit isn't as thick this, this month as it was last month, whatever it is, you know, stuff comes up. It's not like you, you it, for me anyway, I've yet to see it. It's not like you make it to the promised land where all of a sudden money is just flowing from every tap and you're just killing it. There are, there's, you know, the more you make, the more you spend, the more you want. And it, it, it's a turnstile approach. At least it is for me. Chris, would you say something similar? Yeah, I would agree without a doubt. The reason I'm sharing this is a lot of people, you know, number one, hire somebody good and find a way to hire them. You know, I hired A players and I looked for opportunities with these A players. Like one of them had this big explosion on Facebook and was like, I'm quitting my corporate job. F everybody. Bah, 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 bah. And I smelt blood in the water. I was like, this dude needs a job. He needs stability. <laughs> yes, he's, he's worth X, but I can only pay him, a, you know, one third X. And, and he went for it. So don't make up don't 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 make up your mind for other people. Present the opportunity. And I've built a company off of selling the vision, selling myself, starting out with something that I can reasonably afford to pay someone, coming up with a plan of, well, hey, I can pay you fifteen hundred dollars a month right now. Six months from now, most likely I can pay you this, and then a year out we can get you to this, which is usually higher than what they want. I've been very blessed there. The next big takeaway is don't wait until you're ready. You're never going to be ready to make your first hire. You're never going to be ready to grow from 10,000 to 50,000. You just have to do it. And that comes back to that fail often, fail forward, fail fast, and, and pick yourself up and keep going. Is that I've built my company on infrastructure. So I've sacrificed profits. You know, you want to talk P&L with me? We didn't get to that. I'll tell you right now, Chris, I don't have a P&L from last year because I was so focused on building my team, making sure they were paid, making sure the lights for the company were set on, taking a little bit for myself here, but I didn't have a regular paycheck. 2018 is where I get is now where I get serious about my numbers and go, okay, I need to have this kind of profit margin and I need to be putting this much away in the business savings and this much into business growth and this much here and this. Like I didn't do that last year and that's okay. Because I was hitting my stride. Um, it was my first real successful year where I had money coming in. And I went a little gung-ho. I joined every mastermind I could think of. I, I went to all the events that I could think of because it was great that I could finally do it. But now it's time to get serious. So, like, there's all these phases. It's not, you know, start and then arrive at the destination. It, it, everything is the journey. It's always the journey. There's no destination when you get to where you think you wanted to be, you find out that you want more or there's a course correction. So 
th- that's the best advice I can offer people, I think. That's beautiful and a great way to wrap up the show. Rory, if the listeners want to reach out and learn more about you and the, the agency, where's the best place they can do that at? Um, so I'm pretty active on Facebook. Um, real easy. My, my profile is Rory, F as in Frank Stern. Um, there's the personal profile. There's a couple business pages. But honestly, like, reach out to me there. Uh, we do have a, a website, rfsdigitalmedia.com. Um, it's not pretty. It's not sexy. There's nothing to opt into. There's no list to get on. Uh, literally, I'm an advertising company. Like, that's what we do. We run ads. Maybe someday I'll, I'll build a list. I know how valuable it is as a digital marketer. But literally, if you want to find me, you, you've just got to approach me socially and be like, hey, what's up? Let's talk. Let's do business, whatever it is. Um, and, and that's how you find me. Rory, I want to give you a huge thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much for sharing your, all your tips and your tricks and your wisdom with us. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much, my friend. Dude, it's, it's, it's been a real pleasure, privilege, honor. I, I, I hope that uh, you know there's at least one nugget someone walks away with and goes, damn, I can, I can apply that. I hope. I think there's more than one. We appreciate it, Rory. <laughs> Listeners, we're going to wrap up there. Thank you guys for joining us, and we'll see you all on the next episode. Goodbye, everybody. Take care. Hey, listeners, thanks again for joining the show. We wanted to remind you about our Get Shit Done one-on-one productivity coaching that we recently just launched. What we do is work with you to create big business goals that are absolutely game changers. We make a plan together and put you in our productivity hacking system that helps you stay on target. Each week, you get a call with yours truly about what steps to take for the following week. Some say it's like a year of productivity in just three months. Check out all the details at thebusinessmethod.com forward slash coaching. Thebusinessmethod.com forward slash coaching.